Hey there, guys and ghouls. You're tuned into broadcast. I said that weird. Into broadcast from the Belfry, a marine life podcast for the morbidly curious. What the fuck? Are we talking about dolphins? <laughs> no, we're talking about whatever I want to talk about. Okay. <laughs> you agreed to put a microphone in front of me. That's how the podcast works. Uh, my name uh, is Sanjay, and across state lines, from another internet service provider is Georgia. How are you doing today, George? Do I have a sick voice? No. You've got, okay. like, strong, kind of masculine voice, but that's normal, so. Oh, thanks. Well, you're welcome. Uh, we are also joined by our uh, editor, social media guru, and hopefully regular fact checker, Hope, today, uh, as we're figuring it out, figuring out how to record <laughs> via something not with that isn't Zoom. Hope, how are you doing today? I'm doing okay. Cool. Right on. So, yeah, the format shouldn't really change. It'll mostly still be Georgia yelling at me, me being confused and grossed out. And, yeah, you know, all that spicy goodness that you listeners come here for. But now, instead of me just sounding like an idiot for six minutes, Hope will look something up, or she'll probably know it already. So she'll interject, let us know what's going on. And we can continue like that. So, yeah, I'm going to put a blanket under a door right now because I think one of my cats is going to get upset. We you can, should do that. Yeah, we can just cut out this audio. You can, you can just throw this that away. After no, race. you never cut out my audio when I go do stuff. So I'm just going to talk. How am I supposed to cut it out? That's your job. <laughs> you edit. You can cut out whatever you want. Okay, anyway, whatever. I'm going to talk. Stu was like, why do you need to wait for Hope? And I was like, because she's going to Google shit so we can keep talking and Sanjay doesn't sit there for five minutes going, uh, while we Google stuff. So that's why. And it's very important and it's going to be great. My fill-ins are not as creative as Sanjay's. It's fine. What are we talking about today? (laughs) Well, first of all, before we jump straight in, let's Mm -hmm. do those things where we go on tangents for 40 minutes. Let's take a step to the side before we walk straight in, you know? You don't, yeah. life is like a pool. You don't just dive in. You know, you gotta, you gotta find the stairs and you have to dip your toes in a little bit. And then you've got to like shake your foot because it's too cold. Or you've got to tell your friend like, oh yeah, this feels good. You should come in too. Uh, and then you slowly descend into the pool or get pushed in because your friends are dicks. You gotta dip your toe in the ocean and make sure there's no sea monsters in there. Yeah, exactly. Did you know that the Loch Ness Monster actually can appear in any body of water? That yeah. makes sense. What a lie. <laughs> okay, well... Turned on my microphone to fact check this. Just right. to say no. So the the first fact has been checked. I did not ask for it to be, but it has been. So, uh, yep. Are you, are you drinking scotch? Um, no, I'm drinking bourbon still. Or whiskey. I meant to say whiskey. Mm-hmm. The caption says, oh no, I'm drinking urban. <laughs> I mean, that's accurate, I guess, as well. <laughs> I'm drinking Roar Organic Electrolyte Infusions. Ooh, that sounds not good. It's peach-flavored. It's Georgia peach-flavored. Um, <laughs> mostly I figured I should try and not dehydrate myself further, so it's been great. It's been super great. Can't Stu has been making me drink like a certain amount of water every day, so... That makes sense, because your skin's going to turn into leather by the time you're 35. Well, you know, and I'm sick, so it's great. Oh, yeah, that too. Also important. <laughs> we still have stickers. You should buy them. I don't know if we need to say this, but I'm going to. I just want to encourage people once again to share things with the Facebook group, because we like interacting with you, and we like it when you share things with us, and uh, 
I don't know. I really enjoyed the interaction on the movie mashup illustration thing last week. That was a fun one. And we're trying to step up our social media game. So give us some gratification. I demand it. Uh, yep, that's fair. <laughs> the end. Uh, yep. We talked about the stuff last week, so I'll keep going. Wait, no, I want to include now. All right, so yeah, thank you guys. Okay. Um, stickers are two fifty. I think. You were texting, weren't you? I'm trying to buy pants. It's important. <laughs> okay. Also, a vinyl that I bought last week is shipping right now. I bought, I forgot that I bought, actually, a, no, it's not a vinyl. It's a dad hat from the band Knucklepuck from Illinois. Would highly recommend everyone listens to Knucklepuck. Very good. If you're into sad pop punk screaming or wailing, it's it's very good. I've <laughs> met Joe multiple times, not flexing. It's just um, a flex. Yeah, I actually have nothing else to say. Just our stickers have a monetary price attached to them and in addition to stickers you'll get a little bit of love from us one of us will kiss each sticker before it's sent we'll even both put lipstick on and we'll each kiss it and then we'll like seal it again so it like you've got i was gonna say does that mean like i have to send it to you and then you send it on yes it's actually a very inefficient process but it's very personal (laughs) we are actively losing money by selling these stickers (laughs) that's all i got Anyway, yeah, we're trying to step our social media game up in year two here, so that's cool. The pandemic kind of ruined everything else we were trying to do this year, like, you know, go to cons and maybe have a live show in our hometown of Manhattan. Oh, yeah, we were going to do that, but nope, can't do it now. So year two, we're coming at you with social media stuff. I don't know, do you you two want to talk about what that'll entail, or is it just going to be like a surprise? I think it should be a surprise so we figure it out more, honestly. Okay, I mean, that's fair. I mean, obviously, you listeners will have noticed that we've done two Serial Killer Saturdays so far. More stuff like that. That's all I got. If you enjoyed that, then there's more. All right, let's let's go into the podcast. (laughs) Yeah. Wait, Hope, do you have any announcements? Our sandwiches are almost here from DoorDash. Awesome. If you hear a knock, it's sandwiches. Not cutting that audio out. (laughs) (laughs) I also have two shout-outs. One is Jamie, because I know we already technically did it, but it's in one of the episodes that we, like, haven't posted and probably aren't going to post for a while that we recorded before everything went to shit. So, she's super cool. She sent us 20 bucks, just because... We, like, don't have a Patreon yet or anything, so everything we do, we pay for ourselves. And she was just like, here, I love you guys. The end. So that was really cool. Also, do you want to take a guess at how young our youngest fan is? Unborn. Okay, no. I thought that it was a trick question. No. It's not a trick question. Three. Maybe. I don't- I guess I don't know this for sure. But I'm I'm gonna say that like he's our youngest fan who actually comprehends what he's listening to. Anyway, it's Dylan. It's his birthday next week. He's gonna be eleven. Shout out to Dylan. He's gonna be excited, hopefully, that he just heard his name. Thanks. Dylan. I only remember that he's eleven this year because last year he had a Stranger Things themed birthday party. What? This is Carly's kid, by the way. Oh, yeah. And she made him a shirt that said, I'm not 11, I'm 10. That's so cute, honestly. <laughs> That's how I remember how old he is. Next year, I don't know what I'm going to do. Are you buckled in? Uh, physically, no. Emotionally, generally. I don't really know where this episode is going to go, but I um, can tell you that your accent, I'm thinking Johnny Depp, Pirates of the Caribbean. 
So uh, drink that bourbon faster. Oh, I I wish that I would say I'll go get some rum, but the rum is always gone. You know, the rum is gone. Um, Loki staying on the Umbrella Academy inspired thread here, but only like in the very slightest bit, and only if you've read the graphic novels. So we're gonna start talking about the Kraken, aka Sea Mischief. That's a that's another name. Dumb name. Sea Mischief. That sounds like the stripper name for a like girl from small town Florida. Like coming up next is Sea Mischief. And then, like, the Pirates of the Caribbean intro <laughs> starts playing. Where do the tentacles come from? That's up to her. <laughs> Don't shame her. Or her ten- or her tenties. You know, like, that's what she wants. I'm ready. I'm also sorry right. that I said tenties and everyone has to hear me say that. It was not yeah, a good play on my it was, it was a little uncomfy, yeah. The Kraken is first found in text by Carl Linnaeus in... 1735, he wrote about the Kraken in uh, Sistema Naturae. Naturae? Latin, stupid. <laughs> but stories go back to as early as the 12th century. There is a 13th century Icelandic saga. You know I'm all about those. And that describes a creature that had never been caught, a beast so large, sailors mistook it for land, an enormous being which devoured fish, men, and even ships whole. Honestly, those and- are all the same. To me, you know, I mean, ships, beasts, either way, yo-ho applies. So Hope appreciated it. She nodded on camera. (laughs) Georgia did not appreciate it. She did not nod on camera. In this uh, Icelandic saga, they call it the Hafguffa, which is Old Norse for sea and steam or vapor. Um, In some descriptions, it seems like a giant crab, and in others, it's more uh, squid-like. And then over time... That evolved into what we now know as the Kraken. And it also has elements of something called an island whale, which I meant to look up more about, but I forgot. Which is dumb, because I was really proud of getting my notes done ahead of time and being all prepared. Um, As someone that regularly forgets, I feel you. Super fun facts, probably only to me, because uh, you know how I feel about linguistics. Also my favorite pasta, yes. Linguistics. (laughs) Kraken in both modern Norwegian and Swedish, refers to an unhealthy animal or something twisted, which is uh, originates from Old Norse, mm. which I found interesting. And in German, kraken apparently means octopus, but can also refer to the kraken, which made me feel like I need to ask Carson about that one. Double check its authenticity. Okay. And then... No Wikipedia um, facts here. Speaking of Wikipedia, they're getting creepy. I got a notification today that was like, this is your fourth wikipedia page today give us money and i was like wikipedia i know i use you a lot for my research for my podcast but i'm poor and (laughs) i'm sorry maybe if i get you know money for my podcast one day i'll turn it around and give some to you but in the meantime here we are life sucks does anybody know if you give money to wikipedia do they leave you alone someone please let me know (laughs) because i will definitely give wikipedia ten dollars one time if they never talk to me again. Much like, <laughs> like my parents fun. feel about me and I feel about most of my exes. Like, if money would just make the situation go away, I'm okay with that. And then it's also an old Norwegian word for octopus, but it's also, it's old Norwegian and old Swedish. They're very similar because they're both derived from old Norse, I think. But um, it's also an old Swedish euphemism for whale, which became taboo because they 
thought that if you said it, that would summon the creature. So it was like Bloody Mary, but like older. Yeah. It probably embodies an amalgamation of like various myths and legends and real animals into like one legendary sea creature. In the 18th century, you know, especially in Europe, you have this uh, growth of scientific disciplines. You know, we don't really have biologists yet, but all of these natural philosophers are starting to emerge. Carl Linnaeus, for example, and most of them dismiss the Kraken as, you know, just a legend, uh, just a story that fishermen tell each other. And then in 1755, we get this really detailed description from this Danish guy whose name Eric Pontopadon. <laughs> That's really that hard. That sounds like a fake <laughs> name. Like but... All day, too. I know. Uh, but he's a bishop and a natural philosopher, and he wrote The Natural History of Norway in 1755. And he writes about several fishermen who unanimously and consistently state that if you row out several miles off the coast of Norway, you are definitely 100% in danger of becoming a victim of the Kraken. Hmm. They describe it as round, flat, and full of arms. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's like me, yeah. <laughs> I guess if you take out round, flat, and full of arms is how I've been described on many occasions. And it's the largest and most surprising of all animal creation. Initial signs include catching an unusually large amount of fish because they're like trying to escape it as it's surfacing. Mm. And at first it looks like a small, uh, a number of small islands, which apparently was the trait, one of the traits of the island whale that was so big that sailors would mistake it for land, anchor to it, and then light a fire, like a campfire on its back. And then at this point, the island whale's like, fuck this, and decides to, you know, do its thing and drag them all to their watery graves. Wait, so is it, when you say an island, do you mean, like, a cartoon island that's, like, ten feet like, by uh, ten feet? Like, one hump? Yeah, it's got one hump, and it's got, that's like, a palm I'm, tree on it. That's what I'm picturing. Okay, because, like, that makes sense, but if it's, like, one of the Hawaiian islands, like, like the main Hawaiian island, which I think yeah. is Honolulu. Can, no. Can we get a confirmation on that? Honolulu is the capital of Hawaii. I think Oahu is the big island. I don't think so, but I feel, no, I think I'm gonna lock in Honolulu. <laughs> I don't think that's an island. I don't think. I thought that was just the city on the island. Okay, I'm looking, and Honolulu is not an island. Oahu. Is the big island. Thank you. Hey, Hope's just here to tell me that I'm right all the time. It's I gonna be great. Literally about to say <laughs> I'm okay being wrong as long as Georgia's wrong too. And the fact that not only was I wrong, but Georgia's right, just like knife in my side three times. Just so bad. Yeah. You're welcome. Yeah. You're right. welcome. Thank you, Hope. But yeah, that's what I'm picturing. Just like, like a small, tiny yeah, tiny like, little bump island. Nineteen fifties Mickey Mouse. Like just really more. uncomfortably rocky because that's whatever its skin feels like or something. I no, don't know. It's got to be sandy though for some reason. <laughs> because pop culture. Because pop culture, exactly. <laughs> then he writes: several horns appear, which grow thicker and thicker the higher they rise above the surface of the water, and sometimes they stand up as high as the masts of middle-sized vessels. Which, like, I guess they called them horns back then. They call them horns and arms, but those are like the Kraken's tentacles. Mm -hmm. And it's also worth noting that if you are lucky enough to survive a Kraken attack and now find yourself drifting in the sea, clutching a piece of wood, you know, that 
used to be a part of your boat and you're just sitting there like, oh, great, now I have to get back to land. Don't worry. Chances are the whirlpool it leaves behind will suck you to your death and then you drown. The end. That one's terrible. That's... Doesn't it? Yeah. It's great. Both the whirlpool phenomenon and kind of the tentacle element appear in Greek mythology. And there's tons of sea monsters in Greek mythology, but it makes sense because it is also uh, an island Mediterranean. You know, it's a seafaring society, just like the Scandinavians were. Wait, I have a question. And it might be something Mm -hmm. you're going to bring up soon, actually, based on a question that you sent me with no context in the last two days. So, uh, in the Odyssey, the whirlpool has is like a sentient being, like it has mm-hmm. a name. Is mm-hmm. is it because like the named creature is actually like a sea monster, like a kraken, or is it just that like, oh, we're just so scared of this swirling mass of water? Uh, it's sandwich time. I'm sorry, everyone, for listening to that knocking. But uh, so yeah, is there like a monster in like? the monster's named so they name its wake as well by association or is it just that like they were so scared of this toilet bowl that um, it got a name it's it's not associated with anything else but we we're going to talk about it later yeah oh, sweet all right cool i would like everyone to know that Funny i remembered sandwiches. something from 2012 so ooh, <laughs> it's it's Good been stuff. a minute actually no i read percy no i read percy jackson series in 2012 as well so yeah all of my context for Greek mythology. <laughs> all Greek mythology a- comes from Percy Jackson. No, I took a uh, a mythology class too. Have we talked about that? No. I think I we think only we talk about the mythology classes I take. That's true. We've talked about <laughs> mine too, I think. But yeah, I the my senior year, the second semester in my school, you can opt to show up to school late. Like you can skip a few hours. Like I think at least the oh, first I think we- two. I do remember you talking about this. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I had younger sisters I had to take to school, so I couldn't skip school at all. And so I got baited into taking extra classes, and my parents were like, just take something fun that you would enjoy, but I'm not a morning person. So I chose something that I would enjoy, but didn't have to think hard in, and that was <laughs> mythol- or Myths and Legends at Lansing High School. It was a very fun class. Anyway, I went down a big Greek mythology rabbit hole because, you know, I'm into that. But we'll talk more about that in a minute. We'll talk about Interestingly, Percy Jackson later. <laughs> yeah. Pon Jesus, it's really hard to say for me. He also writes that the Kraken is actually content eating fish. He doesn't want to attack your ship or anything. He writes that the Kraken has a strong and peculiar scent, which it can emit at certain times, and by means of which it beguiles and draws other fish to come in heaps about it. He says, basically, the waters get muddied, and he, like the Kraken emits what they think is its own poo to lure other fish into coming near it. Gross. And that's why there's always fish around it. Because it's always pooping. And he writes, yeah, he writes, Muddiness is so very agreeable to the smell or taste of other fishes or to both that they gather together from all parts. And that's why they're always around him. And then he can eat them whenever he wants and make more poo to attract more fish. So Gross. It's this reason that many people think uh, Norwegian sailors actually encountered giant squid because uh they are recorded as being able to grow up to 43 feet long which at first i was like that's part of a football field but not really that much of a football field (laughs) and then i was like 
four stories. That's four stories high. I yes. can do that. It is a four story. Like, that's ridiculous. Like, that's insane. That's like taller than my apartment building in Manhattan. That's very true. So yeah, just to uh, give a quick overview of what giant squid look like, they're obviously freaking huge. They have a weird penis-shaped head thing that's called a mantle, and then they have giant freaking eyes, and then they have all these fucking arms flailing everywhere, and some of them have suckers with serrated teeth on them. They only have two tentacles, and then the rest are just arms doing arm things. Yeah, you know, just uh, uh, just picking up mugs and like hammering in the, the last nail they need for their kid's treehouse. You know, just normal yep. stuff. Normal arm stuff. <laughs> imagine, no, imagine seeing that and not knowing what science is or like what marine life is. You would shit your pants, honestly. Even knowing what a giant squid is, if I was on a boat and one swam up, I would still shit my pants. Oh yeah, 1,000%. One, 1, I agree. So... Not here. We're not here for that. There's also a theory that um, sea monsters can be based on real creatures like giant squid, but they're also like twisted to embody this fear of the sea because, you know, uh, it's off. It's often romanticized, like sailors' relationship with the sea. They're like, ah, it's mysterious and dark, and they're always depicted as like being on land, but always wanting to go back to the sea. But in reality. They're probably like, do I have to fucking go back out there? Because I'm probably going to die if I go out there one more time. Yeah. They don't have navigation. They don't have good navigation tools. They get scurvy all the time, which uh, can lead to hallucinations. You know, that they don't understand the currents or the tides or who knows when a giant storm in the middle of the ocean, you shipwrecked somewhere like. I have a question. I have a question about nautical Uh life. Uh, would you okay. like me to ask it in my nautical voice or in my normal voice, though? We've got options. Oh, I want a nautical voice. Okay, let me... We always tell you what your accent is going to be, and you never actually do it, so It's like... a lot of work, because my accents are bad, but this one's okay. I, so, if I be on the sea, where do I poop? Do I poop in a bucket and throw it over... On the poop deck, on God. The, I poop on the poop deck, and do I throw it over the bow? Or does it just stay there. I think it just stays there. I don't know. That's why you poop on the poop deck and then you have your like lowly intern, you know, swab the poop deck. Your ocean intern? You think that like this is the like the sea was apple of ye olden times and then you just got an unpaid internship. Yes. Also the, the thought that there's like a poop corner on a boat is pretty absurd. <laughs> I meant more like is there like an outhouse on the boat? That it gets emptied at the end of the voyage, or do you actively like poop in a bucket? I would assume that it's like an outhouse setup, maybe, but in the bottom of the ship. Oh, so it just literally falls into the ocean, straight into the ocean. I mean, that's what would make the most logical sense to me, but I honestly have no idea. I also don't understand how like water pressure works. Very honest. So my thought is that like, if there's a hole in the bottom of the boat, let's say it's like a small hole. And it goes up like a story or so into a layer of the boat where it's safe and Mm -hmm. it connects to a toilet. Wouldn't the water just literally be geysering out of the toilet hole all the time? And it'd be like an aggressive Like, did you ever watch Deadliest Catch? Because they have those, like, you know, they have those, like, big vats in the middle of the ship where they keep the crab. 
mm. when they're still sailing until they get back to shore. Yeah. They're in like the middle of the like that's just from the ocean, isn't it? I don't really know how that works, honestly. I don't think so. I feel like that's I don't know. You're asking questions that I don't have answers to. Okay, uh Tope, can I don't know how you would fact check any can you uh, can you look up how poop on boat work question mark? How yield poop on boat work. Uh yes, give me one moment. Okay, cool. We'll we'll keep <laughs> moving forward and uh we'll I, I look forward to this uh to this new knowledge. So sailors didn't necessarily like being on the sea, they just did it because it's their job and it's probably the only way they had to make money. This made me think a lot about how I grew up. I love being by the sea. Keywords of being by the sea, because like I grew up three blocks from the beach when I lived in England and Yes, England, so it's a cold and windy beach. It's not like a nice tropical beach. And you can like taste the salt in the air when you walk outside right away. But I still don't really like being in boats that much. And in the town where I live, there are several monuments to fishermen who went out to work and didn't come home because the sea, you know, drowned them. It's real sad. Yeah. Wait, but also could it just be that that's their equivalent in your hometown of going out for cigarettes and never coming back. Is it like 50-50 or is it like most likely they actually were like killed at sea? Um, Most of them were like killed at sea because, I mean, even when I was a kid, I can remember there's like a, a, like a signal, like a, it used to be a bell. I think it's a horn now. And when that sounds like that signals the Coast Guard or like a, a flare, it sounds like a flare kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, that you hear that and then you can see, like, if you go down to the beach, you can see the lifeguard boats going out and they would like be trying to rescue if there was a ship coming in and it was storming and something went wrong. Like you could see the lifeboats going out to help try and help the ship or the people from the ship get back to the shore. Okay. So right. there are three lighthouses in the town where I lived for a reason. I have an answer on this uh, ship toilet situation. Mm -hmm. So apparently the toilet was placed in the bow of the ship somewhat above the waterline with vents or slots cut near the floor level, allowing normal wave action to wash out the facility. So you would literally poop on the floor and then the ocean would just take care of it? That's what it sounds like, yeah. So we were kind of both right. Kind of. I wish neither of us was right this time, though. <laughs> I like that better than the toilet that I pooped in in Mexico once. That was just a hole in the ground. Hey, if you do that, though, then you get that good, like, colon alignment. Humans were meant to squat over a hole in the ground. Not That's a joke. what squatty potties are for. No, yeah, I mean, now. But it's because now we have the science to say, like, oh, why do other countries have better intestinal health than us, or than Americans? And it's because we poop wrong. And if you've been pooping in a hole for generations, you're doing it the right way. You're, you're okay, going to Or if you. you live in America where that's weird, you can get a squatty potty. But now you can. Ten years ago, if you said, if you went back in time to 2010 and you were like, hello, fellow travelers, uh, do, do you have a squatty potty? And they'd be like, oh, who are you? And I feel like, that. no, I feel like you're wrong because I feel like there's, no there's always been, no, there's always been someone who's like, I poop better when my knees are up, and they probably just, like, put their knees up on the toilet and look like a fucking idiot. But, you know, they just did it because they knew that they were right in the long run. So you're saying you're if you went back in time to poop, if you were in the past and had to poop, 
you would seek out someone that's like, I put my feet on the toilet because it makes my butthole feel nice, and you would trust them. No, they sound crazy. I mean, you don't have to tell anyone. That's fine. <laughs> I guess so, yeah. I feel like this is something that everybody figures out on their own at some age or another. You squat down to pick something up, and you accidentally are like, oh, I just let out a fart. Like, this <laughs> is like optimal position here, you know? Like, I can honestly say that's never happened to me before, and I'm no, not excited. it happens to Stu all the time. That sounds right, because Stu's 85. <laughs> He's an 85-year-old in a 26-year-old's body. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, how old am I? I'm 26. Is Stu 27? Uh, he will be okay. in October. Okay, sweet. That's what I thought. I was like, he's around six <laughs> months older than me, but I couldn't yeah. remember when. So yeah, uh, Stu's literally the Benjamin Button of men. Like, he's just so old, but doesn't look like it. Yeah. That's why I like him, though. Stupid. He started stupid only button. wearing, um, he started wearing, like, short sleeve button down shirts again. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just adds, and he, he wears a short sleeve button down shirt with his Birkenstock sandals, and he just looks like a grumpy old man. That sounds right. He looks as old as you act yeah. now as well, so that's good for both yeah. of you. It's great. He spends his evenings hanging out in the garage. When God. he starts anyway. brewing beer, let me know. Oh yeah, my dad's supposed to come over with some of his stuff sometime. Nice. Cool, that's where poop goes. It is suspected that what that guy with the hard name Pontopadon recorded as poo could very well be ink, which is a self-defense tactic of cephalopods. Honestly, if I could score ink at someone who disturbed me, I probably would. Oh, yeah, I think that, that would be great. really great. Yeah, they only have two tentacles with suckers. Everything else, they're dangly long. <laughs> My notes say their other dangly long bits are called arms. Are you okay? Do you need to talk to somebody? <laughs> that sounds like a cry for help if I've heard one. <laughs> Their other dangly long bits were called arms. They seem like tentacles, but they don't have the suckers. They don't have the creepy teeth. Th- then my notes say, I'm not a marine biologist, so dot 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 shrug. <laughs> Good. <laughs> At least I'm honest with myself in exactly. a format. Fun fact, some cephalopods can also eject mucus along with the ink, and that becomes a false body. It's called a pseudomorph, and they use them as decoys to distract predators. I would also totally do this. Imagine, okay, imagine, you're a girl, and you're standing at Tubby's thinking, what the fuck am I doing at Tubby's? This was a dumb idea. Some guy comes up to you and doesn't take a hint that you don't want to talk to them or give them your number or anything, or dance, because dancing is gross. And you start getting all uncomfortable, and they're just not taking a hit, and bam, you just squirt ink out all around you, and squirt some mucus in there, and then there's just like, you know, if it's me, it's just like a little jelly Georgia, and the guy's still trying to talk to that, well, I'm like, this was a dumb idea, I'm out of here. So like This that- is the kind of shit, this is all women, this would be a great self-defense mechanism, all women should have it. I'd like Listen. to update this, because what you said sounds gross. What you said sounds like- It is gross! No, but, like, what you're saying is equivalent of- So there's not- We're not surrounded by water. I don't know if you realized. So what you're so? pretty much saying is, what if some guy doesn't get the hint, and you're trying to dip, so you pee yourself and spit on his forehead, and it's just <laughs> I mean, he wouldn't want my number after that, would he? But you could just do that now. I feel like it'd be the equivalent of, like, you're, like- in a dark room. And You're you... ruining my analogy. No, no but my listen, analogy's cool. It's called genetic engineering. No, exactly. So instead of 
peeing yourself and spitting on someone's forehead, you, like, make a, like, mist appear around you, and then you, like, step back, and, like, where you were standing, there's, like, an outline of you. And he's like, I'm dumb. This is the same person. <laughs> yes. Even though they don't 100%. have features. Yeah, so let's set unrealistic expectations for women. If you If you can't make black mist appear from your skin in the next five years, then what are you doing? To escape danger. This is, I'm saying, this is the kind of genetic engineering we should be working on. Like, I'm okay with that. I, scientists, call me. I got ideas. I also <laughs> just read a whole thing about, I'm on like a sexual harassment thing because I listened to uh, Morbid's episode on Vanessa Guillen today, so I'm like hopped up on like sexual harassment not being oh, taken seriously. And I thought like you, that, you were so. on like a watch list. That's so different. No. <laughs> I was like, like, this isn't the place to talk about this, dude. You should probably talk to me about it, like, outside of the podcast. And then we can no. incorporate it if we need to. No, Morbid did an episode on Vanessa Gian, and so I'm like, sexual harassment's not taken seriously. Ugh. True. It should be. Yeah. Anyway, giant squid are hard to record, and the, I think, most of the number of recorded giant squid that exists is just from their beaks that have been found in the stomach of sperm whales because sperm whales eat giant squid. That's kind of terrifying, actually. The ocean is fucking bananas. <laughs> this is Like, you can't make this shit up. I don't understand. I think that giant squid is one of those things where the likeliest explanation of the kraken is a giant squid, which is just as fucking wild as the actual kraken. I'd, Apparently. Yeah, I'd agree with that. It's not unusual to be loved by anyone. <laughs> Thank you for listening drink. to Broadcast from the Belfry. If you enjoyed what you listened to today. It's not unusual to find uh, whales with circular scars around their mouths where they chow down on a giant squid who was freaking the fuck out about being eaten. Just like everyone should. If, if somebody was... If I'm if I'm at Tubby's and someone starts biting my foot, <laughs> I'm gonna freak out. Like They also get scars from the tentacles because the tentacles have those serrated teeth on yeah, the suckers. Naturally. So yes. you're a whale and you're trying to eat a giant squid that's going to town on your face with its beak while it's got these two fucking tentacle things slapping the shit out of you with like razor teeth on them no thanks if i were a whale i think i'd give up this sounds like way too much work for dinner making a box of mac and cheese is already hard enough like i don't want to have to wrestle my dinner and have it tear me to pieces i'll just go eat a goddamn carrot like i don't care anymore <laughs> Then, if you thought that was bad enough, let me tell you about the colossal squid, which is different from the giant squid. Which one's bigger? In D&D terms, I think I know, but, like, I don't know about real life. <laughs> the colossal squid is bigger. They, I forgot to look up how big they are, but they're freaking huge. They live in the waters of the Antarctic. They have suckers, too, but they don't have teeth on theirs. They have hooks that fucking swivel. <laughs> I can't make That's this shit up. Disgusting. Genuinely. There are only disgusting. eight known colossal squid recorded. Literally and six of those six of those were just fucking beaks and goddamn whales. There's only two adult live ones that have been recorded. Not a fan. So anyway, real life is fucking bananas. Let's go back to mythology, because it, it makes way more sense. 
Also, um, how I forgot what I was about to ask. Oh, how big a, how a colossal, big a squid, colossal is. squid is? Because the giant squid is forty. What was it? Forty three feet mm-hmm. up to forty three feet, and there's probably bigger ones that exist. Uh, you know that just haven't been recorded because they don't really surface that much. What's that line from Star Wars? It's like there's always a bigger fish. I think that's from Star Wars. It's from Star Wars. It's from two. No, I don't no, know. No, it's from Episode One: The Phantom Menace. Thank it's you. it's when Qui Gon and Obi Wan are going with Jar Jar. Oh hell yeah, that's what I thought. I, I knew it was either that or it was a scene with Obi Wan and uh, young Annie, but I was pretty sure. Okay, right. so yeah. so colossal squid are actually a little bit shorter than giant squid but have a larger heavier body gross gross yeah i don't look like like a penis literally (laughs) yeah but the colossal squid is 46 feet and weighs at least 1100 pounds i hate it (laughs) i also for like comparison looked up for sure the DD character sizing and it goes tiny which is an emperor sprite, so like two and a half feet. Small is five mm-hmm. feet. Medium is also like five feet, but it's like a giant rat versus a like orc or a werewolf. Large is 10 feet, like a hippogriff or an ogre. Huge is 15 feet, like a fire giant. Or gargantuan is a kraken. Or a purple worm, which I've never heard of. So yeah, we're we're officially in gargantuan territory, and I'm not a fan of it. We also just received a uh, a graphic from Hope showing the difference between a giant squid and a colossal squid. It's it, less penis like. Okay. The colossal squid's kind of cute. I'd rather hang out with a colossal squid than a giant squid. I like that big thing on his head. Okay. <laughs> he's got a cool hat. Okay. Also, all also right. he's got hook mouth. Never mind. I'm still grossed out and scared. Yeah, he has tentacles with hooks that fucking swivel don't forget that what do you remember about the odyssey it's the story of odysseus yep going on a journey to give away yeah he's going on a journey from one place to another place and okay the whirlpool is a person and this is the story where he tricks the cyclops um because he tells them that his name is nobody so when he hits the Cyclops in the eye and everybody's like, dog, who hurt you? He's like, nobody hurt me. Nobody hurt me. And they're all like, all right, you just look like an idiot then. And they left him alone and he's just like hey, fucked up. Which way does Polyphemus wing his eyeliner? That's the Cyclops. That's his name. Which way does he wing his eyeliner? Is this a joke or a fact? Because <laughs> it's a joke. Oh, which way? Nobody knows. Boo. <laughs> Boo. <laughs> I was like, if this is a real statement, I didn't know that they were so progressive. I wrote that to a paper for my comparative mythology class, our paper over the Odyssey. I wrote that joke at the end. <laughs> my teacher really liked it. I, I got an A plus on that paper. I would have given you a C minus. All my papers for that class also had like really punny titles. They were great. Anyway, okay. I so yeah, the Trojan War happened. That's <laughs> the Iliad. Good job. Thank you, my high okay. school myth Trojan and War happened. <laughs> Ten years, uh, the Trojan War is going on, so everyone who's fighting in the Trojan War, including Odysseus, gone ten years. It's totally his idea to do the horse thing, too. The war is over, I guess. I mean, Achilles just kind of fucked everything up. And then a bunch of people are like, okay, well, Troy is getting burned to the ground. Let's peace out and go to Rome, and that's a whole different... 
that's a whole different mythology on its own. Odysseus and all the soldiers that he brought with him, because like all the different, you know, kingdoms of Greece at that time, they were all their different like cities and each city had a king. Each king brought his own army to to participate in the Trojan War. Yeah, so, you can't have Odysseus a war is like, all right. Boys. Yeah. So Odysseus is like, all right, boys, let's peace out. Time to go home. And Poseidon is already pissed with Odysseus because Greek gods are always pissed at everyone for, you know, some reason or another. Accurate. So he's trying to make the voyage home particularly hard for Odysseus. Troy, modern day Troy is in Turkey. Fun Mm. fact. So like they have to sail across the Mediterranean and then up into Greece. <clears throat> to get home. They get stuck on an island. I don't remember if this is a direct effect of the crew getting drugged up on some lotus flowers. That happens towards the beginning. But there's a giant, Polyphemus, and he decides he's going to eat one crew member a day. And after like three or four days or something, honestly, one crew member every every day, that's eating like one miniature candy bar a day. No, that's not going to happen. Give me 10 of them. I need all of them at once. Just give me a whole bag. I ate almost a whole bag of gummy bears just now. Um, (laughs) Odysseus is like, fuck this. Ends up tricking him, stabs a giant in the eye, and they escape. Turns out Polyphemus is one of Poseidon's sons. So now he's even more pissed at Odysseus. So then they get to this other island, and that's where they meet Circe, who's like a sorceress or a witch or, you know, one of those things. They're all... Same, same, but different. I don't know. Yeah, shout out to Stu in his favorite movie. (laughs) She turns all of his crew into pigs because she wants them to stay. And if all of his crew are pigs, he can't leave. She gets over it. I can't remember. He, like, tells her, oh, come back or something. I don't remember. I forgot. There's Um, a magic card made about that from the Greek mythology set. Turn to swine. Lady turns people to swine. (laughs) It's cool. He's like, I'm going to go to the underworld to ask directions from all my boys who died already, you know, in the war. No big deal. This is super casual. I do it every day. Also, let's be real. A man would never stop for directions, especially if it involved all of the effort that you had to put into getting to the underworld to do it. Just throwing that out there. Uh, So everyone knows Hope is also nodding with pursed lips. (laughs) And I don't know. So like things like this make me question, though, like how easy it is to get to the underworld. Because people do it all the time. People are more willing to go to the underworld in Greek mythology than I'm willing to go to the bathroom in my own house. Like, there, it's just so easy. So maybe it's like a, uh, like, uh, what's, uh, what's a Benedine Cumberbund's name in Marvel? Doctor Strange. I remember. Doctor Strange. Sweet, yeah. Stephen Strange. I said it first. <laughs> ignore, ignore the fact that both of the other people on this call were literally stunned by my idiocy for a moment. I said it first, I just had to turn on my microphone. Okay. And then I had to say it again. Cool. So, yeah, maybe it's, like, like Doctor Strange's ability to, like, make teleportation circles wherever he is, you know? So you can link the Underworld to wherever you are currently, and that's why everyone does it so much. It's no. because they're just like, oh, I can just wave mm-hmm. my hand and Hades will be like... It's me, your boy. I'm, I'm going to stick with Disney's interpretation of Hades. That's fair. And he knows Danny DeVito. So, gotta factor that in. Yep. Alright, so, uh, he talks with his boys in the underworld and tries to figure out where he's going. He encounters some sirens, that sort of thing. And then they pass through the Strait of Messina, which is um, where the boot part of Italy kicks you know how like Italy looks like a boot? Yeah. Do you? Because one episode you were like, what country is it that looks like a boot? Yeah, and now it's I Italy. know because Fun we fact. talked about it. Like that's 
I've subconsciously okay, been like, fair. boot equals Italy. Fair point. <laughs> okay. The straight is where the toe part meets the thing it's kicking, which the, is the Sicily. Football. Yeah. Which is why I asked you if you'd seen Zac Efron show, because they were in Sicily for an episode, and it was like, I, I liked it. There was this old man who was like, almost 100 years old, and Zac Efron's like, what's your secret to living? This old guy, not shitting you, three times a day, he walks from his house down to this little bar, which is like, down a ton of steps. Mm-hmm. Um and then he gets a glass of wine and then he walks home and he does that three times a day. And then fucking Zach Efron sitting there like, oh, I've been sober for a year. This is not the advice I was wanting to hear. <laughs> and he's like drinking a fucking espresso in this bar. Yeah. Okay, so uh, anyway. For reference, when you asked me about the Zach Efron show that everyone has big boners about, I thought you meant the <clears throat> Ted Bundy like uh oh no his like healthy living show yeah travel show whatever you want to call it yeah i've heard good things about it uh for those you don't know zach efron aka zafron aka troy bolton from high school musical one two and three but not the high school musical reunion in 2014 because he was the only one that didn't show up we don't we didn't forget troy we didn't forget um he has a new show where he travels the world experiencing different things he's i think he's trying to be like Anthony Bourdain. It's like, uh, not really. It's all about, like, the search for learning about where your food comes from and, like, <sighs> exactly. It's all about understanding exactly, like, what you're eating and how you're living and, like, where your energy comes from, like, both water, power, uh, stuff like that, as well as, like, your actual, what your body converts to energy, so. I also was wrong. Like, school Musical Reunion was in 2016, now 14. Your shit together, Jesus. I literally remember watching it. I was with Hope in her apartment off of College Avenue on her floor on the mattress while one of my exes was there or wanted to be there and we were real busy. So, yeah, still angry. Angry to this day. She was not there. Uh, so, yeah. But we, we were and we've been mad at Zephron since then. Exactly. <laughs> He was in The Greatest Showman, which is one of the best movies of the last 10 years. Oh, yeah. I have not forgiven him. We have not forgiven him. I was, like, screaming at the screen. I don't... Stu was, like, in the bathroom or something. But there was this one part. It was, like, the last episode of the the season or whatever. And he's like, you know, I just feel like I I haven't done anything to contribute to society. And I just wanted to be like, Zac Efron, if you saw how happy my boyfriend was every time he watches The Greatest Showman, you would know that you fucking contributed something to society. I would like to quote said said movie, said musical, with the line, this is The Greatest Show. And I think that that really has spoken to me many times when I've been in a dark place. It means a lot. Thank you, Zephron, for that. Fuck you for not going to the high school musical reunion, though. Let's keep talking about wet stuff. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so they pass through the Strait of Messina, which we'll talk about more in a minute, and then they eat a sacred cow, and they're punished with this massive storm, and that kills the whole crew, but Odysseus survives, and he makes it to another island, and that's where he meets Calypso, and she decides, I think she's like a nymph or something, and she decides she's going to keep Odysseus as her sex slave for seven years, and then he escapes, about. and eventually he gets home, and like, for the record, this entire time, his wife is chilling in their palace by herself while all of these men are just chasing her around trying to marry her because they think that they're entitled to what she has because patriarchy. Yeah, makes sense. 
yeah, that's Penelope. She's a badass, I think. And that's actually what I wrote my I wrote my paper about uh, Penelope being a badass. That, that anyway, sounds very like 2008 Georgia. No, this was like 2017 Georgia. Uh, yeah, well, you haven't changed that much, so it was a very academic paper, actually. <laughs> but um, Odysseus is like leaving Cersei to try and get home, and she tells him he's going to be going through the Strait of Messina, and she's like, "Look, you're going to get boned because you have to pick one sea monster or another to get past." And so she's talking about Scylla. Or Scylla, I'm not really sure on the pronunciation. I think in Italian it would be a soft, no, a hard C. Because it's only one C. Anyway, whatever. Doesn't matter. Scylla and Charybdis, who is the whirlpool. And they live on either side of the strait. So Scylla's on the Italian side. And apparently she started life as like a naiad or a nymph. And there are several variations of the story that all involve her being, like, super hot. So a bunch of dudes are into her, and a bunch of chicks get jealous, and one of them, like, curses her into being, you know, something. In one of the stories, it's actually Cersei who does get jealous and curses her to be this, like, hideous monster. Which, you know, foundation of Greek mythology is jealousy, I think. Mm-hmm. And she lives up on uh, she lives up on the side of the, the Italian side of the strait in a cave and she just like fishes for whatever large thing she can catch like dolphins or sharks or dumb sailors yeah i was gonna say or men so um, you know yeah (laughs) me too in art she is depicted as having like a long like a fishtail and there are some greek vases where she also is shown as having a bunch of dogs come out from her waist Wait, like they're like, like erupting human from top her? half. They are they just like she has a bunch of dogs' heads, like where her waist is. I don't know. It makes no sense anatomically. Yeah, I agree. Also, do you have to feed them? So, or are they like nourished by you normally? Are they like arms? Are they sentient? Um, I have a lot of questions about these dog heads. I don't really know because she's not always shown like that hold on my notes say she has a bunch of dogs coming out at her waist where her fishtailed parts meets her human waist part parentheses not her butthole because i said <laughs> human waist but i thought it, it sounded like human waist. Yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> well in because in the odyssey she's described kind of like hydra-ish maybe more serpentine and then she has six heads okay that are all dragony so maybe like the dog um, head is a riff and off each of, of the those like, heads? serpent head. Yeah, like how she has many heads. So mm-hmm. because in the art that's shown in vases, which is probably most likely from a different time period than the stories were told, the art on the vases shows the top part of hers, you know, like a centaur, the top part of her is human, and then the bottom part of her is a fish, so she kind of looks like a mermaid, but then in the middle she has all these dog heads. So it's always like having multiple heads, but that's interpreted in different ways. Do you think when she swims that the dog heads have to be above the water? Or maybe they have gills, I don't know. They should have gills, I would think. If they're like the thing that's all this separating- talk about water is making me have to pee. Gross. You have bodily functions? <laughs> wow. I need to expel my human waste. Exactly. <laughs> But yeah, so in the Odyssey, she has like these six heads and she also has 12 dangling feet. I don't know if those like come off her fishtail part or what. What? Yeah, I don't know. I told you it's a mess. Each of her six heads snatches up its own crew member as Odysseus's ship passes through. And Cersei is actually the one who advised them that they should stay 
closer to the Italian side, to um, Scylla side of the strait, instead of going closer to Charybdis, because it's better to lose six men than to have your whole ship swallowed up by Whirlpool. That technically makes sense, yeah. So, unless you're one of the six men. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then you're like, dude, get rid of this boat. I have a life to live. So, Charybdis is on the Sicilian side, and she is basically a giant whirlpool. There's a lot of mythology. I think that part of the mythology was based upon a lot of times myths are used to explain natural phenomenon. Mm-hmm. And it seems like... Uh, part of her mythology was an explanation for there being three tides a day in Sicily. Mm-hmm. And that's her swallowing and then expelling like a certain amount of water every day. I thought you were going to say it's because of her human side, her fish side, and her dog side. Like each different <laughs> side of her had a different no, tide. No, she's a whirlpool. Now we're talking about a different sea monster now. I'm, I'm so stuck on like how this... like anatomical being must exist and it's scary but yeah it makes more Um, sense that a whirlpool there's like a picture on wikipedia her mythology again like she started life as like a minor deity or a half deity or something Uh, both of these entities have varying beliefs on like who their parents were and stuff like that Mm -hmm. and she helped like flood some stuff and Zeus got really pissed so he cursed her as is also usually the case in Greek mythology, Zeus mm-hmm. was either horny and or pissed. Yep. Um, <laughs> back to your question earlier, she started as a human-esque figure, regardless of being a deity or whatever, and then was turned into a whirlpool sea monster thing by Zeus. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Classic Zeusy. Are you ready to talk about pop culture? Let's do it. Seattle just entered the NHL, which I'm kind of excited about. Um, and their team name is the Seattle Kraken, which is such a cool fucking mascot. And yeah. I'm kind of pissed I don't live in Washington anymore. And like, that can't be my home team. But yeah, hope she would it's be fine. The, the uniform. And there's something cool about it. Hope, what was the, yeah. the, the spicy detail? I don't remember which part of it. I think in the S, it shows the space needle. So it's like. Big thing, but also, like, hometown. We're still people. Look at this monument yeah. that everyone recognizes. It's real sick. It's pretty sweet. I'm going to start with Marvel, because that's a thing that you know more about than me, maybe, in this situation. I don't really know. But there are a ton of various different types of Kraken characters appearing in Marvel. Hope also just sent an image of a Hydra dog lady, and it's... The closer I zoom in, the like more terrifying and disgusting it is. Are you more confused now that you actually see a picture? No. Oh wait, okay, that's way cooler than the picture I saw. Like, look at like her mouth is just like an unhinged, gaping moth that looks like it's pouring yeah. out red water, and okay. she has like a bottom jaw that's like sharp teeth, like sharp. It looks like uh like stone, like a stone. Like jagged edge teeth, and the top is like a human top rope. We'll, we'll share this image. This is terrifying. That is so much cooler than the image that I saw. One hundred percent. It's very well Hold done. On. Like one thousand percent. But 
I've literally been searching for an image that made even kind of sense since you first mentioned her. There are not a lot of good images of this that also include the dog heads. Most of them just have the, like, serpent part. And uh, Hope also sent the Seattle Kraken's, like, logo. And it's, yeah, the anchor. Yeah. The anchor is a space needle. That's mm-hmm. cool. And I think that's on, like, the sleeve for the uniform or for the jerseys, which is cool. And the like, S- their color S- choices are cool. Their graphics are cool. Their team ma- name is cool. It's yeah. just all super cool. Holy crap, I didn't even notice that part before. So for the S, there's an eye in it, like a, like a yeah, fish eye. Yeah, cracking eye. I saw before, but in the middle of the S, there's a tentacle, like, carved out, mm-hmm. which is yeah. a very sweet, like, small detail. Yeah, super. Whoever did their graphics is fucking killing it. Yeah, we now support a, a hockey team. We are very yeah. pro-Seattle Kraken in this household. I was a Blues fan before they were good, so I'm always going to see by the Blues, but I'm definitely, I think Seattle's going to be my secondary team. There, Like I said, there are tons of various Kraken characters that appear in marvel and i tried to comprehend all of them or understand there's one with the hulk at some point there's something with wolverine at some point there's a lot going on i didn't really understand any of it also then they're like oh yeah and then conan the barbarian and then all of a sudden i was just like wait conan the barbarians in fucking marvel since when like what is happening and then I got confused, and then I kind of gave up trying to figure all that shit out. Makes so sense. No, Conan was um, bought, like, a while ago. Like, he's been part of, like, not the MCU, but he's, like, a Marvel entity. Well, fun fact. Robert E. Howard, who originally created Conan, was in regular correspondence with Lovecraft. They were buds. Hmm. Howard was a big Lovecraft fan, which... Isn't really evident in a lot of his writing, but if you read some of his non-pulp writing, you can kind of definitely pick up on it. I think my favorite Conan story, I can't remember what it's called, but it takes place in like a contemporary setting. And it's like a guy and a girl and they like go in this cave or something. There's like some cult shit going on in the cave with creepy entities and the guy gets knocked out and dreams that he's Conan and he fights all these fucking things. And when he wakes up, like he's actually made it through the, this cave and like saved the day or something. And it basically turns out that he was either Conan in a past life or he was like some descendant of Conan. It's one of my favorite Conan story, but that sounds actually pretty sweet. I've read yeah. zero words of Conan in my life, but I, I'd give it a shot. That sounds sick. It's some good, some good shit. I mean, the Arnold Schwarzenegger movie does an okay job. Tower of the Elephant, I think, is my next, is, like, my favorite typical Conan story. That confused me a lot. Uh, The end. Alfred Lord Tennyson published a sonnet called The Kraken. Uh, It's also referenced in Moby Dick and 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. Going back to Lovecraft, there's a well-known Lovecraft scholar, Robert M. Price, who has put forward that Cthulhu is inspired by Tennyson's sonnet, which I thought was interesting. And then, I guess you might know more about this but in magic there's a kraken uh, kraken is a creature type mm-hmm. yep they are and then they thick. we already talked about kraken in D. did you read artemis fowl at all uh yes 100 percent. there are currently three artemis fowl six artemis fowl books but it's two copies of the first three books in this household <laughs> interesting yeah i haven't read that but uh, i did read that the Kraken are referenced and that they're 
peaceful in Dumbledore's Islands, but they shed their shells explosively by lighting a layer of methane between the new shell and the old shell. That sounds super cool. I don't remember that. Uh, Hope, do you remember that? Nah, dude, I have no memory of that at all. I'm guessing it's probably not like a major point in any of the stories. It's just like a little fun fact that contributes to like the world building or something, but it sounded really cool. So in Game of Thrones, the Kraken is the sigil of House Greyjoy. And it's also said that the War of the Five Kings, which is what Game of Thrones basically leads up to that entire time since you haven't seen it yet, Mm, which you need to do. That is correct. (laughs) The War of the Five Kings causes the Kraken to stir because they are drawn by the blood in the water. From all the battles. The Greyjoy sigil is tied for my fave Game of Thrones sigil, I think. My other favorite is the Flayed Man sigil, which is the House Bolton. I have never heard House Bolton before. They clearly are not that popular in the Game of Thrones. Yeah, they kind of are. It's fine. They play a key role. I haven't heard of them either, but I can only assume that Troy Bolton is the head of this house <laughs> and that they are working on getting their head in the game the entire <laughs> saga. Oh, maybe that's why he wasn't at the high school musical reunion was because he was leading his house. He was at Game the- of Thrones, yeah. Yeah, that makes so much sense. Okay, we forgive you, Troy Bolton. Saffron, we still um, House Bolton, the dad, betrays Sean Bean's wife, and then, uh, what's her name? Sansa has to marry the son, and he just, like, rapes her all the time, and he kills people for fun, and they're super fucked up. He's super sadistic, and he dies awesomely, and it's great. Everyone dies awesomely, let's be real. Honestly. As I mentioned at the top, Umbrella Academy, number two, Diego, is nicknamed the Kraken because he has the ability to hold his breath indefinitely, which is something they chose to omit from the show, but it's something that is in the graphic novels. I bought all three of them the other day, just for the record. It also does make sense that Diego would be able to hold his breath indefinitely, because, like, he's a sharpshooter. Like, his ability is just pretty much sharpshooting, and, like, the ability to, or, like, breathing would mess with that a little bit. So... Well, it makes sense. He told his breath. Manipulate the trajectory, and I feel like, and maybe it's like a concentration thing. Because even like in real life, like snipers, very good snipers, will shoot in between breaths, and like yeah, people that sh- or archers. I was like people that shoot arrows. There's a word for that. Archers will like have to slow their breath or like shoot in between breaths because it can slightly mess with what you're doing. Yeah. So, or you just like hold your breath for a minute. Yeah. Yeah, it's really cool. Um, I should have mentioned. Yeah. That. Then, in 2010, there was the Clash of the Titans remake, which was apparently terrible, and the Kraken was used as a weapon of the gods. But then this version, the only reason I added this was because this version was later referenced in Lego Batman. (laughs) I guess the Kraken's in Lego Batman, which I'd never noticed. I mean, I've only seen it once, but... Yeah, I never watched that Um, I really should. And... One final fun fact. In 1990, a set of four postage stamps was released featuring the uh, featuring legendary Canadian creatures, and one of them was the Kraken. You know, I read this, and I was just like, I don't think Canada when I think the Kraken, but Same. what the fuck do I know? Hope, can you look up how much that stamp is worth? So you said that's the last last of the fun facts. What's your favorite social media iteration of a Kraken? What? Pop culture? 
Yeah, not social, social media. media. I'm having so a like I'm like having a furry. Did they have a contest that I shouldn't know? They about? did. Yeah, you didn't see it. You didn't hear <laughs> um, about the zero box contest. It was it was good. Oh shit! I totally skipped out Pirates of the Caribbean. I'm an idiot. Dead Man's Chest. That's the second one, and the Kraken attacks. You know, like anyone who has the the black mark that David Jones thrusts upon them. And I don't remember this, but apparently in the third movie, you also see it where it's beached and dead, which kind of makes me sad. Yeah, I'm going to go with Lego Batman, even though I don't remember it, just because I like the idea of there being a Lego Kraken. Uh, The Canadian Kraken stamp is only worth a dollar, but it looks really cool. And the Canadian uh, Kraken coin is worth $10. And it also looks really cool. I'm just saving all of the pictures that I'm sending you guys, and I will post them when this episode airs. Sweet. Thank you. You know, I think my favorite uh, media iteration of Kraken is in Magic. The, uh, the last set that came out was Ikoria Layer of Behemoths, and it is entirely a, like, it's technically, like, uh, like kaiju-themed, so it's mm-hmm. a lot of, like, big Japanese-styled monsters. Uh, Wizards of the Coast, or Wizards of the Coast is owned by Hasbro, which owns the rights to the American iteration of Godzilla. So there's actually a lot of like mm-hmm. crossover art um, with like Godzilla, Baby Godzilla, Mecha Godzilla, Mothra. There's crap. There's a couple that I didn't know the names of actually that were big old sea monsters. So yeah, Kraken Erd fucking it up in Magic the Gathering right now. The set is very moderately powered. Thanks for not breaking the world again, Wizards. We appreciate it. I think it's just generally a good legendary monster. I agree. And the fact that, like I said earlier, the reasonable real-life thing to explain its existence is just as fucking bananas as the legend. Like, 100%. Giant squid, that's the craziest thing that we've talked about today, is the actual real thing. Honestly. I've talked about some crazy stuff today. Just saying. Yeah, like where to poop on a boat. I, 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 I don't know where to poop. I, I. They be floating around. It's, uh, it's tragic for me crew. Thank you for listening to another episode of Broadcast from the Bell Free. If you liked what you heard or hated it, then feel free, please. We're begging you. Fuck off. Leave us a (laughs) don't fuck off. No, keep listening. Uh, you can like, rate, and subscribe anywhere where you listen to podcasts. You can also find us anywhere you listen to podcasts by searching broadcast from the Belfry in the search bar. You can find us in the link tree uh, in this description, and that'll kind of take you to a few of the most popular places. If you want to contact us, you can do so on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram by searching broadcast from the Belfry or by emailing us at broadcastfromthebelfry at gmail.com. Thank you to Marshall for making a real cool intro that makes it sound very professional, even though I've talked about poop a lot today for the la- over the last hour and some change. We have stickies for sale. If you want any of those, let us know. They have the classic broadcast from the Belfry like, uh, art. Cover I forgot art. the word art for a second. Holy crap. It's uh, a hard one. Yeah. Thank you to Hope and to Stu for all the work that you guys do. We really appreciate you. You're the backbone of this show. Thank you to the listener. This is like at the end of a musical, whenever like the the state, the screen, the the curtain falls. We just need to publish a program we where do. we say thank you to people. Yeah, no, but it's like when the curtain falls and then all the actors come back out and they bow oh. and they point to like and then they this point to, person. 
What's this person? No, that's that's uh, you're talking about crap. The guy that's in charge of an orchestra. No, Hope. What am I talking about? Conductor. Yeah, you're talking about a conductor. No, at the end of like oh. a play or a musical, everyone walks out and you take a bow and you take a bow again and you point to the crew. Yeah, you always the... point to the conductor too. No, it's yeah. like the crew, this the people viewing, and then to someone else. I don't know. There's like three the things. Conductor. No, that's they always point to the conductor. That's the music. You oh no, it's something else. Okay, we're gonna look this up. Even if it's not a musical, the play has a score that always points to the conductor. And the like orchestra, they always point to the pit in general to be like, clap for the clap for the music now. Maybe that's it. Crew, pit, and then yourselves. So it's crew, pit, audience. So yeah, this that's what we're doing now. We're pointing <laughs> to the crew. For this was a struggle. Being the backbone. <laughs> we're pointing to the pit, which is technically Georgia, I guess. She's just clapping herself on the back. And we're pointing to the audience, which is you guys, our loyal listeners, who we love very much. I'm also a pit for other reasons, but... That's true. Georgia, what do we say to these kind these kind consumers of our fish facts? <laughs> Thanks for listening, and stay spooky. <laughs> I eat nautical sluts. Hey, Billy. Hey, Billy. Hey, Billy. Hey, Billy.